Hello and welcome. You are tuned in to the Alachua County Extension Court Podcast, where we plug in and bring UF IFAS Extension to life. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Plant of the Month. It is April 2023. Where has the time gone? Nobody knows. But today we are here to talk about okra. The April plan of the month, and as always, I am joined by Cynthia Nazario Leary, our uh, environmental horticulture agent. Almost called you commercial hort. That's not you. That's Tatiana. So Cynthia is here, and we have Martha Maddox, our family and consumer sciences agent. So today we're going to talk about how to grow, how to take care of okra, and then how to select it and store it and grow and and, and cook with it rather. So all things okra. Mm-hmm. Cynthia, tell me about this plant. Well, this is um, you know this is a traditional you know staple. South, um, you know, crop of the South, the okra, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it very pe- people are very familiar with it. Um, but I think what a lot of people don't realize is that it has actually a very pretty flower. You could actually use this as an mm. ornamental. So it, if anybody's familiar with hibiscus, this plant is in that family. So when you grow it, it's, you know, it's going to produce a stalk and then it's going to produce this really pretty hibiscus-like flower. Usually they're um, yellow to, you know, maybe a pale orange, but they can actually come in all sorts of colors now. Um, A lot of them have been even bred um, sometimes for that ornamental um, value. Um, But, you know, in growing okra, really the key is making sure that your soil is warm enough, the temperature is warm enough, um, and that you have adequate moisture and adequate nutrients. So are these going in the ground as seeds or um, transplants? Yeah, you usually plant them by, by seed. seed. So you want that soil temperature to be probably above 60 degrees. Yeah, Fahrenheit. so we're talking about, you know, 65 degrees. So usually we're getting, that's why we wait until April. You want to wait until that frost, gotcha. that danger of frost passes. You could try and plant them early in March, but you like, you know, we had back in March that week of, cool temperatures right that wouldn't have been ideal for the okra germinating yeah um and then you know your seeds become susceptible to rot or whatever so you might have less germination you know not a lot of people do that they they use the ambient air temperature to guess what the soil temperature is no one's actually going out there and sticking a a thermometer in in the soil which (laughs) you know would maybe behoove them because yeah you need you know several night temperatures above 60 degrees for your soil to actually warm up warm up as well so that's good to know so that will kind of trigger them to germinate, and then um, you definitely want to, you know, provide a nice balanced fertilizer with them. They do well in the sandy loam, so that's why, you know, they'll tend to grow well in the soils that we have here, but they are going to need those nutrients. So again, adding sure. that organic matter, um, giving them that boost. Now, once they start to flower, though, you kind of want to head off on that fertilizer, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to encourage that vegetative growth and what you want them to do is put their effort into those fruit pods because what we actually harvest as okra is the you know it's essentially the fruit of of this plant right so it's going to flower be pollinated um, and then it's going to develop this pod and uh, really the key with okra is not letting your pods get too big because you want them nice and tender. So okay. young, tender pods. And I'm sure Martha is going to talk about that. But when we're, when we're out there, you know, the challenge is once you see it start to flower, have a plan in place for harvesting. Because what, and this happened to me when we grew okra, is that, um, you know, it just starts putting on those pods fairly quickly. And if you're not actually out there on a daily basis harvesting those pods, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of pods that end up going into the compost or, you know, you're not able to use. And 
is is okra multi-stemmed or does it just get really bushy? Because and, and 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 approximately how you know do you? So it it depends on if you pinch it. Yeah, sure. It can it'll... form multiple stems. Okay. So usually what happens is you're just pinching the pod, not the stem. If you start pinching the stem or the growing points, yeah, you're gonna... like the leaves and stuff, you're going to start encouraging branching. But even then, I haven't seen I mean, okra can get really tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, I guess it can get bushy, but usually it's planted so close, the spacing, if you're planting okra in rows, mm-hmm. that it's more of a, like a columnar yeah. Bush, sure. if you're, you're going to call it that. Okay. Um, but so, how much room would you need to give an okra plant? Like four, <sighs> four feet or? Well, I, we were doing ours on a two foot spacing just okay. because I, I, it, the more space you get, then you're going to get bigger plants. And I guess if you only wanted, if you wanted fewer plants, maybe you could plant them at a larger spacing. Okay. Um, but they can take a little bit of crowding. Yes. Because okay. they, they they tend to grow up more columnar like straight up you okay. know with that single stem um and so anyway the the key with 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 okra then too is that it is can be susceptible to other pests and diseases uh root knot nematode is, mm, a, is a common common one here that we have and why a lot of people give up on okra yeah. is that you'll get that um a nematode that comes in and invades the root and it just causes a, a decline in the overall plant. Mm-hmm. And so either it, it gets to producing pods, but then declines very quickly or doesn't even get to that point at all. Yeah, and that's a tough one to manage because root knot can get on a bunch of different hosts. So ideally, you'd put something else in the ground for several years if you wanted to ever do okra in that same spot again to right. try to you know reduce those numbers of those nematodes. But unfortunately, they just have a whole wide range of hosts that they can feed on. So finding a non-host is, is difficult sometimes. Right. That. I would consider, you know, if you wanted to grow okra and you weren't sure, make sure it's in a full sun spot. This is mm-hmm. definitely a full sun plant. It okay. wants full sun. Um, but you could grow it in several different places with just a few plants. Like I'm just thinking of the homeowner. If you wanted to try different places, and that way you're, you're not putting all your eggs in one basket, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like so if one of them gets attacked by the nematodes, maybe you have another spot sure, that's, makes sense. that's okay. Could you do this in a big enough pot? You probably could. I was thinking about that, but you would need a large enough container. Those roots are going to fill it up fairly quickly. Yeah. And this is a this plant is a water can be a water hog too. Yeah. Sure. Um, it just it it doesn't want to sit in wet soil, but it needs but water it. yeah. because it's got. If anybody's ever seen those hibiscus leaves, they're you know they can get kind of big and they transpire. So this thing is is using up okay. water to you know help with its production, but. For the backyard grower who maybe just wants some okra, you know, for here and there, you don't need a lot to get a lot because Mm -hmm. each one of these plants, once they start producing those pods, um, like I said, you need to be out there every day kind of of harvesting them. And it's a long season plant. You can keep this going all summer into fall. Yeah, I was just going to ask if it was indeterminate, you know, or if it's like one flower set, one fruit set, or if it kind of continues. Oh, no, it'll 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 keep going, going, especially when you're picking those pods. You're kind of stimulating the plant to keep flowering. Um, And as long as they're able to kind of keep growing, they can, you know, by the end of the season, they should be, you know, fairly tall and, And you know. they're, They're annuals. Yeah, they're not going to make it through okay. make it through the winter, um, and usually they kind of peter out. Sure, um, but you could maybe do some succession planting. But once you get those cool temperatures, um, um, then they're just not gonna they're not gonna do well. Okay, super. 
Well, I think we covered a lot there, yeah, Cult- cultural <laughs> and, and disease. and uh, I love okra. Can yeah. I just say, I just had some fried okra yesterday, and so I was well, just like, this is just, I love this It's plant. It's, it's kind of like cilantro. You either love it or I think you hate it. Yep. I don't know if there's anyone that's in the middle on, on okra. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's yeah. got that pretty flower, too. So for me, it's kind of yeah. like, it's got that ornamental part, and then it's got that that fruit part so yeah so very even functional if, even if you don't like to eat them stick them in your garden for the beauty the beauty <laughs> yeah. of it yeah you could enjoy it and give your okra away to somebody that exactly. likes it exactly exactly um all right so now that we've learned how to hopefully get some nice delicious okra in our own garden uh well let's just say you're too busy and you can't do that and um we're gonna go get it at the store or we need to buy it is is that where most of the okra is going to is just like grocery stores for purchase or people think consumers kevin buy the most okra Mm -hmm. and they don't that's what's really funny because the largest quantity of okra is sold to soup companies oh. because they use it in their gumbo and their creos and their soups. I, I found that very interesting because I figured, you know, with all the okra that's used throughout that, you know, consumers, you know, be sold to grocery stores right. for people to buy fresh or frozen. Uh, but no, it's it's the largest amounts in soup kitchens. Soups and yeah, okay, yeah, Rest, the restaurant industry and mm-hmm. things like that. Interesting. Well, um, if we are going to the store to look for some some okra to buy for ourselves for dinner, what are we looking for? Well, the first thing you want to do is you want to make sure it's a bright color. <clears throat> if it has black streaks in it or it's dull, you don't want to buy it. Sure. Uh, you want to make sure it's crisp and it's not limp or it's not hard or it doesn't have brown streaks in it. You want, like Cynthia was saying, those tender, tender pods. You want it about four inches in length. You want it free of bruises, and you want it to be soft and kind of crisp, but not to the point that it's stringy hard. Sure. Where, like, if you, you know, hit it on a table, it breaks, <laughs> and, and you do see that sometime. Oh, okay. uh, you you don't want it too ripe either, because if it's too ripe, and that means, you know, it's going to be sticky. So if when you pick up okra, it's going to have a what would you call it, uh, a velvety, fuzzy feel. Okay. But you don't want it to be sticky. sticky. Where the, um, you know, you, you, you don't want it sticky. Sure. So leave that on the shelf. Sticky's too ripe. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so nice and firm, not limp, not not a dark color, nice and bright, vibrant green. Yeah, and a lot of times you'll see, uh, I had a person call me here the other day that had bought some okra that had turned black. Uh. And when okra hits moisture... It just rots. Yes, and especially if it's in the store and that water, which it doesn't, but if for some reason, let's say somebody spills water or something happens that water comes down on it, yes, that, that's going to turn susceptible it. To and rot, usually yeah. they'll take it away and it is rotted. Uh, so, you know, when you buy okra, you're buying it in pods, but, you mm-hmm. know, every time I've ever served it, it's cut into little discs. So right. how do we gauge, like, how many of those pause do we need for a recipe or well we're gonna we're gonna gauge by pound okay so you should allow a fourth of a pound per serving now i don't know if if cynthia and i could eat a fourth of a pound of okra but uh that that, i'd I'd like a little more sometimes sometimes i just want to make a whole meal out of tomatoes and okra but uh, a fourth of a pound per person so if you're going to buy a bushel of okra that weighs 26 pounds and it will yield 16 
to 18 quarts. Okay. So this will help a person if they're wanting to put it up. Uh, so basically, on the average, one and a half pounds per quart. Okay. So that'll keep you, you know, when you're buying, you'll, you'll know what, uh, a fourth of a pound for serving. So, you know, that's the rule of thumb. Sure. And if you know somebody's going to eat more, buy a little more. Sure. <laughs> you know, and we already talked about storage in a way that, you know, if you get it wet, it's it's going to rot. So yep. obviously we want to keep these things dry. Do we keep them in the fridge? You can put them in the fridge refrigerator and they'll stay no more than two or three days. Do not wash them. I've, yeah. I've had people call and they wash them. Then you've got all kinds of issues. You want to keep them very dry when you store them. Uh, unwashed, probably in a paper bag would be good, or wrap them in a paper towel, uh, or put them inside a perforated uh, bag. And I know a lot of people will get like a, a, a storage bag and they'll put it in there. Well, you need to make some holes in that bag mm. if it does not have any in it sure. because it will draw moisture. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So don't you? We don't want to wash it uh, until mm. right before we kick uh, cook with it, rather. Right. Um, okay. So, all right. Now the fun part. Yep. How do we prepare it? Oh, there's all kinds of ways. You know, and, and you know, I love it. Deep fried, mm. steamed is wonderful. Mm. Baked, broiled, stewed, pickled okra is oh, I love phenomenal. pickled okra, especially if it's got garlic in it. Roasted. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. I had some delicious roasted garlic the other day, and the recipe uh, this time. Uh, will have roasted garlic, uh, or roasted garlic, roasted uh, okra okay. in it. But uh, you can throw some garlic in there and roast it. Grill it, saute it, and stir fry it. Any way you want to experiment with it pretty well, okra can be used. Excellent. So uh, what, what about pairing? Are there good uh, tomatoes, bad choices? Tomatoes is probably the number one. Uh, tomatoes and pepper are the number one things that you think of when the, uh, you're pairing. Eggplant goes very well. Onion, uh, one of my favorite, my mother's, was tomatoes, peppers, and onions. Mm. Uh, the basil and garlic and lemon and parsley go phenomenal mm. with it. And sad. butter. <laughs> Don't want to talk about this one, but, you know, <laughs> steam you some okra and then throw you some, and, and eat that in the pods and throw you just a little butter in there. Kevin, you have yeah, you have died and went to heaven butter there. Butter makes it better. And, or take and put you some balsamic vinaigrette on it. Uh, you know, that that's really good with lemon. Hollandaise sauce or cheese even. Mm. Uh, if you like to grill your okra, I would suggest with basil, lemon, olive oil, and garlic. Oh, my gosh. And kind of brush that uh, or toss it along with some, now this is excellent, along with some eggplant, zucchini, tomatoes, peppers, and onions. So what you want to do is just cut these in little pieces or, or slices and then grill them and then you can take a piece of, of salmon that you have grilled with a lemon and put those on top of your veggies and add you some pesto and now basil pesto. And now, Cynthia, I'm starved to death. <laughs> I, okay, I have a proposal. We get out of the podcasting business. We start a cooking show. That sounds like a good deal. And idea. we eat everything that we cook. That sounds like a good deal, Kevin. Okay. But that is really good to grill yeah. those and put those. So if you're vegetarian, you can have, you know, the grilled vegetables. If you're not vegetarian, you can have the grilled vegetables with you know, little. salmon. Or you could have tofu. I have a friend that uses the tofu instead of the salmon on it. Nice. Nice. But this is where you're keeping the seeds and all, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. So you're not 
you know, because I had a friend of mine, she's like, do I take the seeds out, you know? Now, yeah. there a lot of people have said, okay, I have diverticulitis, and, you know, I can't have the seeds. Yes, you can take the seeds out, but that is a lot <laughs> of trouble. Work, yeah. yeah, that's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. But, but if you work. want if you want to enjoy the okra, you can slice the pods and take the seeds out and then either leave them or, or dice them in, in fairly big chunks. Mm. Right. But you will take the thickening agent out when you take the seeds out that we're going to talk yeah, about probably. That's, yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that's the biggest uh, thing that I hear when people say that they don't like okra is because of the texture, that slime. Slime, yeah. yeah. But it's actually, we take advantage of it uh, in mm-hmm. cooking, don't we? It's a, Yeah, it's a thickening. It's a natural yeah. thickening agent. And if you love gumbo, and I love me a good bowl of gumbo, mm-hmm. that's what thick, thickens it. And the thing is, when the okra is cut, it releases this sticky substance that has the thickening pro- uh, you know, properties that does thicken the soups and the gumbos mm-hmm. and all like that. But you've also got to keep in mind when you cook the okra that it's going to thicken anything yeah. when it's cut. And if you boil it, you know, it, it's going to have that thickening on the outside and be slimy. But have you ever eaten fried okra that was slimy? No. Uh, no, you have breaks it. it down or <laughs> because <laughs> the frying for one to two minutes allows that mucous membrane around the seeds to break down. Okay. And it reduces its sliminess. Now, if you quick fried okra and you did not fry it but just, just for yeah, like a, a second fry. or two, mm-hmm. you could have some of that. But if you fry it for at least a minute or two, it's going to break down that okay. because high heat will reduce the amount of liquid that okra releases. So in the stir fry, mm. this is where you've got to be very careful if you stir fry. That wok or skillet, whatever you use, has got to be sizzling. And when I say sizzling, I mean, ouch, sizzling hot <clears throat> to throw that okra in or you're going to have slimy, slimy okra. And isn't there, speaking of, you know, the, the, the wok or the pan that you're cooking this mm-hmm. in, isn't there, aren't there some properties? Yes. Do that- not use copper, brass, or iron. Mm-hmm. Your iron, you know, your iron skillet, you may want to fry okra in it, but it's going to turn, turn black. black. And it's because of the chemical properties in copper, brass, and iron. The- the okra will turn black, not the, the okra will yeah. turn black okay. because of the properties in the these uh, metals, yeah. these metals, the copper, brass, and iron. So huh. do not use any type of pot that's copper, brass, or iron. That is good to know. I want to digress for just a second because we were talking about the sliminess, uh-huh. but it's it's because of uh, <clears throat> the substance that surrounds the seed coat. Yes. So if we were to cook with okra whole, would that reduce the sliminess? Yes and no. Okay. If if you're frying it, it's not going to make a sure. difference. If you're boiling it, mm. you're still going to, those pods are going to be slimy because it's going to release it out. Okay. If, if that makes any sense, it's going to come through the skin. I mean, sure. you're still going to get that sliminess. Okay. Now, um, when you're putting it on the grill, you're broiling it, that kind of stuff, as long as you do it, the key is one to two minutes high heat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, this is. And quick. Yeah, flash high heat. Yes. Yeah, quick high heat. Quick high heat. heat. Well, not necessarily. Well, you want high heat. Quick, not so necessarily. But you, you, you've got to have that high heat for one to two minutes. Right. To break that. Yeah. To break the slime. Mm -hmm. The ooze. (laughs) Well, okay. So we know it's delicious. If you, if you're in the the ochre camp, you either love it or hate it. But we know it's delicious. It's a vegetable. It should be good for you, right? 
it's good for you. It depends on how you prepare it. And sure. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> but uh, just a before you fry it or bake it or broil it or add the butter to it or whatever, just <laughs> a cup, one cup of okra only has 35 calories. It's kind of like the potato. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nutritious until you start adding the cheese, the bacon, the sour cream, <laughs> the all the you know condiments sure. on it. But one cup has no fat in it, no saturated fat. So, boy, that is a win-win. It has seven grams of carbohydrates, okay. three grams of protein, and 10 milligrams of sodium. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's... It's a it's good it's a good sure. nutritional and it is a green vegetable. Yeah. So that is one of the vegetables that you know we would recommend for you to, to eat. color up your plate. Color up your plate, yeah. yeah. And you want to include those greens and dark greens. Excellent. All right. Well, um, as always, uh, we're reaching the end of this podcast, and I'm really hungry and probably going to look had, for some okra. I had some final thoughts. I just wanted oh, to please to say with the okra too when you're harvesting it. So it can have spines, little hairs yeah. on uh-huh. it. So um, I recommend that if you're you're going to be regularly harvesting to have some sort of gloves because they can become an irritant. Um, and then if you need to spray, remember these are the flower pods that you're eating. So even though it's it's probably not making contact with the soil, so you don't need to necessarily wash off soil. But let's say you got aphids or something, and then you've sprayed them with even some sort of safer soap or something to knock those oil. down. Yeah. Just be conscious of that if you're going to be harvesting from them. Be you know, Make sure you're reading the labels to know when you can harvest, when it's safe, and then always, you know, once you're ready to eat them, um, you know, wash, wash them well. Um, especially that outside, because they do have those hairs on it. So you want them have run run them, run them, put them under running water. <laughs> you you want to really, when you're washing them, be very, yeah. very cautious because you want to wash them under running water, but you can use a soft cloth or brush to get those off. And I get a lot of calls about this, and there is a lot of controversy out there, but I have to stick to what we can recommend we do not recommend using any kind of the vegetable washes or anything like that. Clean, clear yes. water. And use cold water. Mm-hmm. I had somebody use hot water. Now that's going to wilt it. You want to use cold yeah. water. But I would recommend like, you know, a cloth. Sure. You know. Give them a little bit or, of a scrubbing. Or a little bit of a brush. If you have a really, uh, not a hard brush, a soft brush. Sure. You could the, use that yeah. to break yeah. that down because mm-hmm. that is... and. If you pick okra a lot, you will get very itchy, and you could be allergic to it. Right, too. right. So okay. just wanted to give that little warning out there. Awesome. Appreciate it. Great. Well, once again, thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, Martha. Thank you, listeners out there in podcast listening land. Uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Alachua County Extension Corps podcast. And until next time, we'll see you later. 